Welcome, everybody, to the Bakery Bears radio show. My name's Dan. And my name's Kay. And I was very tempted to say Kay then. Do you get, do you... You're not Kay. I know, but has there been I don't men think, called Kay? I don't think so. I don't... Some names are both, aren't they? Like Frances, Leslie. No, I don't think Kay is... I don't know any male Kays. I, I need to look into this when we get home, because... Do you think there is? I think there might be someone from history. All right. Do you know what? I'm... I'm actually thinking King Arthur. No, his name was Arthur. Yes. I'm thinking someone... One of his knights. Sir Kay. Yeah. That sounds cool. I know, I need to look into this. It's certainly ringing a bell. Neil, speaking of characters like Arthur. That is exactly what we're going to be talking about today because today we begin a two-episode quest and the wind will be fine into fictional heroes and also fictional villains. Yes. So in the first episode, we're going to be talking about our literary or visual Heroes, yeah. so books and films and anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And then in the second episode, we're going to be tackling their nemesis. Now then, what's the plural of nemesis? Uh, Nemesises. <laughs> Nemesi. Or, or I do you don't think know. it might be nemeses? Nemeses. <laughs> it could be. I mean, that it could feels. Could be nemeses. It feels the most correct. Although, two nemeses. Two two nemesises. No, it's not that. I like the two nemesises. Yeah. Two I, nemesis. I, it might just be nemesis. It might be like those other words that are singular and plural. I'm all for fun words. Now, I would like to know. I'd like to take a poll, and the poll is: What are your favourite words to say? And I'm, I'm saying this to you, but also to anyone who is listening. Hmm, my favourite words yes. to say. I've got to admit, I do think Miranda was pretty close. Moist is quite funny. <laughs> I can't really say I enjoy saying plinth. No. It's too tricky. She is funny. But moist definitely puts a smile it's on a my face. Word. I'll tell you another word that puts a smile on my face. And that's doily. Doily. You, you, you like saying doily, don't you? Yeah, but we don't say it enough. No. You have to love it's my... because we don't really use them these days anymore, do we? My granddad. Whenever she poured a cup of tea... She always put it on a doily. Paper doily, presumably. Well, they felt like... Yeah, it's like paper but coated, wasn't it? I was convinced, I was always convinced that they were real cloth things. Uh, well, you can make a doily, you can crochet, you can. You can crochet doilies right. and knit doilies. Right. Well, but back in the day, they were like a papery substance, probably coated in some form of plastic, I would guess. It, it was paper because the, after many years, we'd, we'd go to my grand's house for a cup of tea and it'd always be a cup of tea with a saucer. Yeah. And then doily on saucer. Yep. Cup of tea on top. Lovely. Doily always seemed to fit perfectly into the crevice to which you placed Yeah, because your... it had a plain circular bit in the middle and that's where your teacup sat. And then it was fancy around the edges. Yes. Yep. I mean, just the coolest thing ever. And for some reason, as a child, I was always fascinated by these things. I'm going to now buy some doilies and put your cup of tea on a doily <laughs> from you, now on. But you'd have to buy me a, a cup and saucer first. Well, I would. I do, we do have oh, cups we do and saucers. We do have cups They're and saucers. They're too small, though. They're tiny, aren't they? This is the thing with Two cups and saucers. And it's gone. 
Yeah, they are lovely, but, you know, dainty cups and saucers, like Dan says, you need two mouthfuls and you've drunk it. Unbelievably, you've also just pulled out another fun word to say. What's that? Dainty. Dainty. Oh, I love dainty. A dainty doily. <laughs> I challenge everyone out there now, during your you? day today, you have to sneak in yes. dainty doily. Shall I tell you though what's hilarious? After I drinking my cup of tea, my dainty doily was definitely moist. Well, it shouldn't have been. Well, it was. It could have just been like heat producing steam underneath your cup. No, I think that. Or did I you wasn't, spill it? I think I spilt it slightly. Right. Because it was always a bit of a tea stain in the middle. Yeah, that's right. So I had a moist dainty doily. <laughs> Now, now, dainty doily, you, you, you may be able to get into a sentence. Moist da dainty no, doily. No, that's unlikely. I can't even say it. Yeah, that's unlikely. <laughs> now, look, we're also on a mission today. We are on a mission. We're on our way to the shops. We're going to, to buy the shops today. Well, Brian's boyfriend is coming over today. It's half term here in the UK, and he's highly excited. We've left her back at home, doing all the makeup, playing all the tunes, getting very excited because the boyfriend's coming over. So. I'm just popping to the shops to get some lovely, get them I should say, some lovely crusty bread to make a lovely sandwich. I want some nice thick ham, some strawberries because British strawberries are now in season and the shops we're going to have really nice um, chocolate muffins so I'm going to get them a muffin as well. We're not in the hood by the way, that was um, oh, that was the, some some 4x4 four four coming past with blaring out tunes at this time in the extremely, morning. Extremely beaty music. Yeah. Why do people do that? Why do you need the music so loud in the car? Well, it's not actually... The, the funny thing is, it's normally the type of music and the type of speakers. Oh, right. Because it's very some, bassy. Yeah, yeah. It's all down to how it's mixed. And right. sometimes, you know, we'll be playing something. Yeah. And something very sort of dancey will come on. Yeah, and that's, that's right, and actually. You get that really, bass. Yeah. It's like I'm back in Isabella's in Sheffield in 1989. <laughs> well underway on our quest for crusty bread and mustard. Oh yeah, I've got to get some squeezy mustard because Bryony's boyfriend is absolutely addicted to mustard. <laughs> he puts it on everything, so hence why I'm going to get some nice thick ham and I'm going to get him a new bottle of squeezy mustard. So without further ado, I think it's time for Kay to throw out her first literary hero. Oh gosh, me first? Right. Slash heroine. Okay, well, I'm going to start with actually two heroes. Right. Because they come as a pair. Right. And they are from a book and the screen. Yes. Because it's originally a book which was then made into a TV miniseries. Right. Back in the 80s, it must have been. Yeah. And I, gosh, I can't remember the first time I watched this. It must have been when it first came out, so I was probably around 20, maybe in my early 20s. Yeah. When I first watched it, and I just was mad for this series. Right. And it was called North and South. <sighs> from the very famous book by John Jakes. Yeah. I'm sure it's John Jakes. Right. 
and then it was adapted for TV. And the two main characters are called Ori Main and George Hazard and their best friends. And the reason I'm saying both of them is because you put, you know, if you've read the book or you've watched the series, you will know this, but you might not do. And so the rough premise is a very long and epic saga. I mean, it is the epitome of saga, yeah. <laughs> this series. Yeah, yeah. It's set around the American Civil War, yeah. hence the North and South. And these two friends, so first of all, Ori Main is played by Patrick Swayze and George Hazard is played by, tell me who's played by, Dan. I don't know. Oh gosh, the name will come to me. Anyway, two famous actors. Well, one's famous, the other one not so much. Well, he's famous to me because I know him so well from that. But you don't know him well enough to remember his name. <laughs> it's just my brain, I just... It isn't. It is, I no, can't no, remember I'm, things. I, I, I don't think it is your brain at all. I just can't remember things. This, 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 that, that was the, the, the zenith of his career. Was Patrick, it really? Yes, Patrick Swayze went on to great things. Yeah. Oh, right, anyway, it's not... Oh, no, it's not Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes is in it. Yeah. Jonathan Frakes plays George Hazard's brother. Anyway, I'm digressing. And are they both Dukes? Dukes? Yeah. Then they could be oh, the Dukes of the Hazard. Dukes of Hazard, don't be so silly. So, so Ori Main is from the south and George is from the north. George is from Pennsylvania. Ori is from near, I'm not sure exactly the, the, the sort of place, but it's near South Carolina. Sorry, I beg your pardon. It must be in South, South Carolina, it's near to, oh gosh, again, I cannot remember the name of the nearest town that they reference. But anyway, <laughs> Ori is in the south and George is in the north. And they meet when they go to West Point to begin army training. And at the time, the North and South War wasn't going on and West Point took both, you know, North and South students, cadets, so anyone could go basically so they met there and they met before they even got there they met they met at the train station and ori was being bullied and harassed by these people from the north who were making fun of the fact that he was from the south and lots of that going on anyway that's where they met and they became friends and they remained friends all the way through and the reason I find them both heroic is because they absolutely remain steadfast friends right through the war yeah, and yeah. they ended up obviously fighting on different sides. Yeah. Ori ended up quite high up in the Southern Army right. and George the same for the North. So I think George ended up a general and I think Ori did as well. Right. You know they both got really high up in the ranks. Yeah and they were on opposite sides. And their paths did cross at various times during the war in really tricky situations. And, you know, they, they're always bearing in mind that they're friends, yet in that situation, they weren't friends, you yeah. know? They were supposed to be in a situation where, you know, they were meant to kill each other type thing. Yeah. During various points during the war, they helped each other when they shouldn't have, you yeah, know, yeah. under those circumstances. And they, it, it's the fact that they stayed friends 
for decades, you know, through all of that. And plus there's loads of family drama going on and yeah. all of this. Um, and I just think it, it was just, it's just really heartwarming to think that, you know, people in that situation where another two people might have just thought, right, you know, go our separate ways sort of thing. Yeah. But no, they stayed friends and we're still friends right at the very end. And it, it, it really is just such an amazing story. Yeah. And I just admire the fact that they stayed true to themselves. Yeah. They recognised that they, you know, they were really close and loved each other like brothers. Yeah. And wouldn't let anything stand in the way of that. No. And I think that's really admirable. Cool. Two first yeah. superb heroes. Do we count them as do we count them as a one? Yes, we count them as one. So the Dukes of Hazard from Orion, North and South. Harry and George, they go as one. Yes. Oh look, we're just walking up now. The secret snicket. It's not really a secret, everybody uses it, but it's like a Looks like there's holes in the bridge. I know. <laughs> Then you have to cross over the river to get onto this little sort of, what do you call this? It's a road. Well, I suppose technically it is a road, but cars can't go up here. Cars are not allowed to go up here. So it's not a vehicle road, but it looks like a road. Yeah. And we've got houses on one side and then we've got a school actually where Dan used to teach on the other side. Used to be a stately home. We, we spoke about this actually yeah, in a yeah. radio show in an early episode. Yeah. Because we walked past it and we walked down the main road and it was really yeah. noisy and we never did that again. It's like a cut through. You cut, basically, it avoids you having to walk all the way around the road to get to the shop. You can just cut through here. And sometimes I get a bit scared going, <laughs> going through here because it's quite, it's overhanging with trees and sometimes I get a bit creeped out by it but most of the time I don't know. So my first hero is, years and years ago, my gran, when she was bringing me cups of tea on doilies, <laughs> she used to buy me books too. And this was when I was like 10, 11, 12. And I think it was one Christmas. Yeah, I definitely won Christmas. She bought me the complete works. Well, no, it, it's not the complete works because he also wrote other stories. It was the complete Sherlock Holmes stories by Arthur Conan Doyle in one big thick book. Yeah. And oh you spoke goodness, about this book I wish before, I still you haven't this. got it anymore, have you? No. Anyway, she bought me this book and I didn't really know very much about Sherlock Holmes. And so I read this book and oh my goodness, I was like completely hooked. I just loved it so much. I loved it so much that when I was about 15, I was in London with my mum and she let me go off on my own. Gosh. And I went to Baker Street and I went to Sherlock Holmes' house on Baker Street and paid and went inside and looked around and oh my goodness, it was just amazing. So, from a very young age, I just loved Sherlock Holmes. I yeah. thought he was just cool. Anyway, then, you know, you sort of get on with life. And then it was actually the Robert Downey Jr. films, when that came out, I just loved that depiction of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I thought Robert Downey Jr. was great. I thought Jude Law was really cool. I also thought Stephen Fry was really cool as Sherlock's brother, yeah. as Mycroft. Yeah. And so that sort of reignited in me, you know, that, that whole 
Sherlock Holmes love. And then, of course, the Benedict Cumberbatch series yeah. came along, yeah. which we've watched a couple of times and we really loved. And yeah. funnily enough, one of the ones that we absolutely love, and I think when we watched it, we said we actually wished that it had been set then, yeah. was where they, they, they did it set when it was actually yes. set. It, it was, was called the, the Something Bride. Yes. Yeah. And it was just brilliant. It was so brilliant because, you know, I think because it was a TV series, for me, I just, it felt, in a way, it felt better than the yeah. Robert Downey Jr. depiction. The Robert Downey Jr. depiction was very Hollywood. And then the, the BBC TV adaptation, effectively, of the old way of looking at it, which is my favourite way. I mean, I loved Sherlock, it was great, yeah. but I much prefer, to me, Sherlock Holmes is the, you know, the, the dude that Arthur Conan Doyle wrote about. Yeah. Subsequently, in, in later years, I've actually learned a little bit about Arthur Conan Doyle and found out that he, he was eccentric, to say the least. Right. And he killed off Sherlock Holmes at Reichenbach Falls yeah, because he didn't right. want to write about him anymore. Right. He wanted to move on. And it's so yeah. funny how in a bit like the whole Frank Spencer and yeah. Michael Crawford not wanting to talk about it. Yeah. And, and this thing where people want to try and shed what's made them successful. Yeah. And it's like then, Harrison Ford. Yeah. So interesting then that, you know, he's then struggling for money. And so he had to bring him back to life. Right. And I actually think the way that he gets brought back to life is really clever. And I think it's really cool because, you know, the, the adaptation that Sherlock did was very much, you know, how it was in the yeah. book. Just a, a, you know, a modern day version of yes. it. Yes. And, you know, all in all, whenever Arthur Conan, Doyle, Arthur Conan Doyle was writing about, also, as I recall, his name was Arthur Doyle. Oh, really? Yes, he, he added, added the Conan. Uh, it does make it sound really cool, yes. doesn't it? Yes. Which I just, I think it's, it's clever. Awesome. clever. <laughs> it is. But anyway, for, for me, definitely, you know, one of my earliest childhood heroes was definitely Sherlock Holmes. But not, I mean, uh, to be fair, I liked Dr. Watson until Martin Freeman got yeah, his hands I on him. Yeah, I can't stand, <laughs> well, we shouldn't. Each to their own. If you like Martin Freeman as an actor, all credit to you, you know. No criticism, but we just don't like him as an actor. No, his, his depiction I think he's one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, just bouncing up and down on his heels seems to... Uh, yeah, I, I just... Toes. That was like him... Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like... Our military that's what we do. I didn't like his Watson very much. No, but no. But Benedict we love, yeah. Yeah, tremendous. Yeah. Start giving us a new one. So, my next one really has to be in here because I love her and she's really part of me, I will say. Um, and you all know what I'm going to say, don't you? And it's, it's got to be Ayla from... You, you, you did a whole episode on Ayla. <laughs> I did do a whole episode on yes. Ayla, so I won't dwell on her. No. But yes, it's got to be Ayla from the book series Clan of the Cave Bear. Because, oh my goodness, you know... This woman, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And if you, you know, if you want to hear my spiel on Ayla, then go back and listen to the episode where I talk all about her. She I think it's Ayla's einkorn bread is the name of she the episode. Does, she, oh right, she does pick einkorn wheat.
interlude in the shops. Been to the shops, everyone? Everyone. It was marvellous. Oh, we don't enjoy going to my local supermarket anymore because it's just not what it used to be at all. We're currently wiping ourselves down with oil. <laughs> <laughs> no, we still, right. we still obviously hand gel and take care. So, you asked me for another hero? Yes. Oh, no, no, yeah, was I? Had I finished about Ayla? I thought so, but if I you'd like to say some more... Well, no, all, I mean, all I would say is, yeah, go back and listen to that one if you want to hear all about it. But basically, I mean, there is nothing this woman cannot do. And the thing about her is, because she lived in a time... This was set in prehistoric time. No, no, it's not prehistoric. It's about 40, 30, 40,000 years ago, I think. So it was set in a time when there was nobody there, basically, to tell her that what she was trying to do had never been done before and couldn't be done. So she just did all these things that, to someone else, they might have said, oh, I can't believe she's doing that. You know, there was no barriers. She would just do anything, basically, to survive. She had such a will to live, and she's so kind-hearted. And anyway, she's fabulous, my so, ultimate hero. Another hero from me. When, I think it was, I think it came out in 1981. Not completely sure, but the, a movie came out by John Borman. Yes, that is Charlie Borman's dad. Who's Charlie Borman? The man who did oh, all the... Oh, Ewan McGregor. Motorbike things, Ewan McGregor, yeah. Right. Anyway, and I think that's how they met. I think they met because his dad was a film director. Right. Because Charlie Borman, I don't think, has got anything to do with movies. No, I've never seen him in anything. No. So I'm pretty sure that is how they met through his dad and right. through Hugh McGregor being an actor. Yeah. Anyway, saw this film. Okay. And it starred Liam Neeson, Helen Mirren. Ah. Liam Neeson was not King Arthur. Have I seen that? No, nope. ah. I can't actually remember. Helen Mirren was the evil. I can't remember the character name now, but she's like the evil one right. in it. Anyway, King Arthur is just the business. Galahad is the evil guy from Evil Under the Sun. Oh! Yes, the Irish fella. Right! Yes. And it is just the business. It absolutely, oh my goodness. It's really long and it just like, it was all filmed in, you know, the perfect locations and it just captivated me. Right. Like beyond, it's like, oh my goodness. You know, right the way up to the final scene where King Arthur's throwing the sword and it's being caught and, and the music, oh my goodness, the music from this film is like, it's bordering on classical. Yeah. I can't even quite remember who composed it and I, I need to look now. But you know, when I was thinking about this, I just thought King Arthur, absolutely top of my list. And it started then, that then started me sort of generally reading things and sort yeah. of learning a little bit about where the stories came from. Mm. And the stories came from Geoffrey of Monmouth, who was a monk who decided, I think it's around the 12th century, I think it was, he sat down to write the history of England yeah. and he included King Arthur in the story. All the sort of legends then stem from that point. Yeah. And, you know, for, for me, I think that what King Arthur is, is a, a combination of lots of different people from history yeah. that were then brought together into one 
package that Geoffrey of Monmouth wanted to use to sort of inspire English people and Englishness because, as I recall, this was written not long after the Norman Conquest. Right. So the Normans have come in, the French and, like, you know, all the sort of English people, even though the crazy thing is the English people aren't really properly English either because they're Anglo-Saxons, so they're all from, like, Germany and Sweden and all yeah, of that. Yeah. But they'd been here for a few hundred years and they wanted to, you know, sort of reinvigorate their Englishness, so King Arthur was created. But then we saw the film, which we loved, which really sort of reignited my sort of passion for King Arthur. The film with Clive Owen, where he's the Roman on Hadrian's Wall and the Romans yeah. withdraw, and also Kira Knightley's in that, isn't yeah. she? And also Ray Winston's in it, and nice. also the dude from Mamma Mia, who, the, the Swedish one. Oh, right, yes. And yeah, he, he plays like a Viking in it. And anyway, the, the story, I mean, King Arthur is such a cool story. And I just love it. And definitely, you know, it's been a lifelong... And do you think it's based on any sort of fact? I do. I think it's based on lots of different stories. So lots of different things yeah. from lots of different people. Yeah. All brought together under one banner. I think Geoffrey of Monmouth wanted to write something that was inspirational for Anglo-Saxons. Yeah. So he, co he collected together some stories. And, you know, there's probably a certain amount of artistic licence that's gone into there as well. But there's no evidence whatsoever that some dude called Arthur existed who did all of the things right. which Geoffrey of Monmouth wrote about. Right. But there is scattered evidence of different people with yeah. different names yeah. doing similar things. Yeah, and then, yeah, it's all yes. being put together into this legend. Yes, so it was an, an inspirational story that worked. Because, mm. you mm. know, all these years later, I think... I don't think oh, Guy Ritchie made an Arthur film, which I haven't seen and I'm not going to see. That, for me, is the only thing... Why do you think it would be bad? Because I, I got saw that it got reviewed as, like, a lock, stock and two smoking barrels, oh, but right, setting... Okay. You know, yeah. it, it was... I, I don't like things that are... The reviews weren't good. Yeah, you know, things that are like... Well, for example... Laddish. <laughs> well, for example, you know, things that are sort of one genre but set in a different yeah, yeah. time so basically for example, make the same film but just like do it in lots of different yeah i mean for example bridgerton unfortunately i'm i'm really 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 not a fan of that series and i, I only watched like 10 minutes of it and that was enough for me it's just it, i just found it jarring that they'd set this quite what think, felt like quite modern you seemed modern offended thing. by it I was quite offended by yeah, it, yeah. and that rarely, rarely happens. I've got to say, um, it's it's really Do we fruity. To, yeah. It's really fruity, and I wonder if you've got to blame Outlander. I, the type of things yeah, like this being it made. was unnecessary. I, I was just like, why, why is this going on? Yeah, or, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just don't. Takes a genre that you love and ruins it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It just didn't. I don't like it. Anyway. Yeah. Give us another hero or heroine. Yes, this is a female, and it's another fictional character. These are all they're all much, fictional. They're all fictional. That's <laughs> yeah. the whole point. That's why I could include King Arthur. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morning. Morning. Yes, my next one. Very famous lady. You can't have the Queen, honey. She's real. Can't have the Queen. I know. <laughs> I know she was. A she hero. would definitely be and very much at everyone the top who of my to list. Too hard. Rather oh, upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah. 
gosh, I mean, we're now in June, aren't we? And gosh, I mean, in September, it'll be a year since she's gone and I can barely believe that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, my next one is Elizabeth Bennett. Wow. Elizabeth Bennett from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, she's a legend. She is a legend, yeah. you know, and... Oh, gosh, I mean, where do you start with this character? She's a total dude. She is. She's so... She's vastly independent. Yeah. In a world when... A, to have an independent female like that was just unheard of, you know? Young ladies were brought up, you know, they, their education basically was... You know, they did get some education. I'm talking about the sort of Elizabeth Bennets of the world. They were educated, I think, in sort of the classics and things like that and... All the important stuff, Kate. <laughs> and music and needlework, all those sorts of things. So that basically they would be attractive for a husband. I think their whole, their whole being, their whole upbringing was to make them refined and good wife prospects. And she did all of these things, you know, she enjoyed music, she enjoyed reading, but she also would just abandonly run in the countryside. <laughs> you know, she would get her boots muddy and she wasn't bothered and she would forget to put her hat on and her face would get a bit pink and red, you know, all those sorts of things which were not really deemed as being ladylike. So she's very independent, very, um, true to herself again yeah. and would not settle you know no. she will she certainly was not going to settle for just the fact that somebody came along and he was eligible and said will you marry me yeah. you know she didn't love him no that was it not gonna settle whereas her best friend within the book did do that you know she did exactly that yeah, yeah. saying she wasn't romantic and just wanted a a comfortable life sort of thing. You could say she's and been an inspiration to you. She's very inspirational in terms of, you know, certainly relationships. You know, you could, I'm sure that there's been lots of us out there that have been in relationships that are this kind of comfortable, steady yeah. relationship. And yeah, there's not really that sort of excitement and I'm getting quite excited about where this is going. Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm, do you see that tree over there? Do you the see that one. tree? The pinky right? thing. We're in the park now, and I'm going to get Dan to take, if he can take a picture of this tree. There's a tree by the lake, pond, whatever it is, duck pond, lake, and I've never seen anything like it. This is a proper tree. It's huge, and it's got these sort of bright pinkish red flowers all over it like we've, a sort of blossom it reminds me of this one we're walking under which is a horse chestnut with great regret i can't take a photo of it oh no neither because, can i because we're recording yes but let's just have another look at it you're going to have to <laughs> I'm going to have to come back and take a picture of it while I walk through the no, park oh, every no, day, I, don't I? I? wasn't meaning that necessarily. I was meaning your description of it is going to have to be... <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to do, isn't it? Yes. It's just so gorgeous. Yeah, very different. You see, Elizabeth Bennett would love this tree. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sure she would yeah, yeah. sit and paint it or draw it or whatever. And she would know what it is. Look, there's flowers on the ground. I could pick one up. 
and take it home and that might work but look doesn't it it looks it looks very much like a horse chestnut but it's not i wonder if it's a normal chestnut like an eating chestnut dan's picked up a flower it looks very much like a horse chestnut yeah but the flowers are bright pinkish pink yeah they're pink aren't they yeah bright pink gorgeous Yes, Elizabeth Bennett, top of my list. And Definitely. of course, you know, she got the man. Even though at first she was like, I don't like this man. <laughs> he's, he's far too, like, in my face, far too brash and proud. But actually he turned out to be lovely, didn't he? So another hero from me. Yeah. And this was a hero born, oh no, 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 from my youngest memories this this was someone who was always spoken of and that is because we would go to robin hood's bay ah. and this because we lived in the woods we were encouraged me and my brothers were encouraged by my parents you know to sort of play robin hood in the woods and there was other things as well How did you play robin hood what did you do uh, did you have bows around, and arrows? Run around with bows and arrows that didn't really work. Did they really have sucky things on the end? Or yeah, they, they did. It was arrows? rubbish. No, uh, no, it was rubbish. So, sadly, we ended up getting oars and playing guns. <laughs> I mean, like, typical. That's terrible. It's so terrible that this is sort of in boys. But, you know, also... But that's just what it was when we were growing up. You know, boys played with guns, girls played with dolls. Well, uh, I, think I know that's shocking to a lot of people now. More what I'm referring to is the fact that boys, due to DNA, testosterone yeah, and yeah, genetics, yeah. Are, can be a bit more sort of aggressive. Yeah. And that's, you know, for reasons going back thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I shouldn't be ashamed of it, but it just seems a bit childish. Running around the garden, well, you were children. Samals, going. <laughs> yeah, but you were children. It's not right saying you were childish, you. but <laughs> yeah, you were just being a child. Anyway, Robin Hood. I just was fascinated by all the stories. I never had any books because I don't recall there being. No, I was just thinking that any books around. It was about more it. a visual thing, wasn't it? TV and stuff. Well, it's folklore. It was, it's definitely sort of in folklore yeah because you know the, the, for a long time the, the, there's a there's an abbey that claims to be where robin hood's buried right and then or, or is it little john oh i can't remember anyway right the way through the country i think it's little john that's yeah, ringing a bell you'll find stories for literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years have been passed down from father to son and mother to daughter when they came across the film came out yeah i went to see it at a cinema with two friends and oh my goodness we just loved it yeah i loved it so much i got the soundtrack like immediately Amazing. and then i remember playing it when these people came around who were friends of ours and one of them was like a, a musician and yeah. pretty cool and it's john and mike actually oh right yeah and it was uh, mike is, who is like a pianist who's a, a friend from years and years ago, and he's like, what am I listening to? This is amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, since seeing it then, I mean, amazing really, because 
Kevin Costner with his American accent. Yeah. You know, there's so many elements to it which you could criticise. Yeah, it shouldn't work at all, it? really it? does. But it really does. And we watched recently the making of I it. Did. And it was just wonderful seeing the making of it. The guys who wrote the story and the reasons why they did what they did and why they wrote it in the way that they wrote it. And anyway, that for me, you know, really reignited Robin Hood. And I think it reignited it in the public's consciousness because, you know, things have happened since then, like that long running series. There was a Robin Hood series, which we never saw. And things had really died down because- There was one with, there was obviously the one with Michael Prade. No, no, it's, it's I one. Was, you, hate, you thought that was rubbish, didn't you? No, it's okay. I didn't. I, I really like Jason Connery as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I just really was madly in love with Michael Prade, so that's the reason I watched that one. Who's that singer? Oh, Lily Allen, her dad. Oh, that's right. He played the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes. Anyway, I loved. I just loved Robin Hood. I loved playing Robin Hood. I loved visiting anywhere that had anything to do with Robin Hood. I loved sort of thinking, oh my goodness, how cool would it have been to have been one of the merry men? <laughs> and you know, just the whole character, yeah. I found it tremendously inspirational. And you know, again, the question that you could ask is, do I think there's any truth in any of it? There is not. There is no, no truth in it. No. And what I will tell you is, why does that name, Robin Hood, appear at certain points in official records. Yeah. That is because, back in the day, it, these dudes went around with hoods on. Yeah. And they robbed people. Ah. Uh, they were robbing hoods. Ah. Uh, so if someone wouldn't give their name and they got taken for trial and inevitably probably sentenced to death, yeah. they, it would just be put in the record books as Robin Hood. Yes. And that's how the name comes about. So uh, unlike the, the stories of Arthur, which yes, I think some will have been, you know, played around with. Yeah. There's lots of historical fact in it. Yeah. Whereas in Robin Hood, there really isn't. Other, yeah. other than the fact that King John was a tyrant. And, and I mean, they're, they're really funny things. My favorite bit in Robin Hood is where Sean Connery arrives. Oh, it's brilliant. And the funny thing is, if it's you the actually- the best cameo in the world. Yes, if you portrayed that realistically, First of all, he would have had an extremely strong. Gosh, that's a very noisy truck. Yeah. He would have had an extremely strong French accent. Yeah. And he probably would have even struggled to have spoken <laughs> all that he spoke in English. Yeah. Because his first. But then we've got an American Robin Hood, so we can yes. totally accept it. Oh, for me, Richard the Lionheart will always be Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Genius. Amazing. Do you have another hero for us? I do have another one. Excitement. This is another woman. I mean, am I all women? No, we had Ori and George, didn't we, at the beginning? So my next one is, she's really, I will say, she did end up a woman at the end of the series of books, but in, for the bulk of it, she was a girl. And I just love, I just love this character. And I've read the books, oh my gosh. I cannot think how many times I've read the books. And it is, of course, Laura Ingalls. From Little House in the Big Woods, Little House on the Prairie, on the banks of Plum Creek, which is actually my favorite, I would say, on the banks of Plum Creek. But I also love the long winter. Gosh, the long winter. And what I learned recently, 
about these books. So they are based on Laura's life and she is the author. Laura Ingalls Wilder she became. But I found out from a kind of autobiography thing that I got that it seems that Laura's daughter, Rose, was the, the main sort of writer. And I actually even read that she took what Laura had written and then um, effectively wrote it in her style. So it is definitely based on Laura's life, but for example, the order that the books go in and the sequence of events in Laura's life, that's not actually the sequence in real life. Didn't happen in that order. But, you know, all that aside, I just think that it's an amazing... I see them actually as, as like historical books because what I love most about them is all of the information that you get from life yeah. during that time. Yeah. So it's like 18-something, I can't think the exact year. 1860s maybe, 1870s, not sure exactly. In America. And you just get to learn so much about what it was like to live yeah. in those times yeah. and how difficult it was yeah. and the challenges that they all faced. And I, I, I was just fascinated and I still am fascinated and I love the stories and I just get such a lovely feeling when I reread the books. I've read, the, I read them so many times to Bryony when she was younger. You know, she knows the stories inside and out. And they're definitely of their time, you know, there's the style of writing, but I do see them as part of history and I, I just enjoy, enjoy that element going alongside this kind of family that are battling through life. The long winter, my goodness. My goodness, I don't know how anyone survived that, but they did. And it's that, again, it's that resilience and you know, doing what you've got to do to survive. A definite hero. Yes. So there's just time for one more from me. Yeah. And this all stems from K-pop into the loo at the cinema. <laughs> what? Yeah. It, I do that every time, don't I? Yes. It was 2018. Ah. Uh, and we went on I, Kay's I, birthday to the we cinema. We did, we did. And about... 15 minutes in. It was not she 15 had to pop minutes. To the ladies room. It was longer than that. Yeah, 17, 17 minutes oh, in. Oh, stop it. She had to pop to the ladies room. Look, I'm an old lady. And right at this point, this amazing character appeared in the film. Now, the film was solo, a Star Wars story. I think possibly my favourite film of all time. It's absolutely brilliant. And this character is Emphis Nest. Oh my and gosh. And this character comes and dressed I like the her. coolest thing in the history of the world oh, ever. Oh, so cool. And like fights like an oh, absolute yeah. demon. And you know, it's just so cool. And then it's not until the end of the film when it's revealed that this super cool, tough, amazing, great character is actually. A ginger-haired girl. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's like such a... Because she's got like a big headpiece on. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. 
such a cool r reveal. Yeah. And uh, I, I would say, I mean, close to my favorite character in all of Star Wars, because it's just so brilliantly put together. It and is. What was so funny when we went to see the film is, so Kay pops to the loo and Emphis Nest appears. Yeah. And then as Kay gets back from the loo, Emphis Nest's gone away. Yeah. And then right at the end of the film, Emphis Nest reappears. And I'm like, who's this? Kay's like, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't have a clue. I've got no idea who this is. Because I was in the loo. <laughs> now, I must just tell you that when we went to see Rogue One, oh, which we didn't like at all. We did not. The only thing I was interested in seeing was Darth Vader. Yeah. And when Darth Vader appeared, I was in the loo. Dan was in the loo. And when I came so, back out, he'd gone. Yeah, I know. And so, so I, I whispered in, I whispered in his ear, you've missed Darth Vader. <laughs> so th there are our two embarrassing <laughs> cinema stories. But Emphis Nest is like... Oh, she's oh so goodness. cool. And the actress who plays her... Yeah, yeah, really cool. Just amazing. She's just been in... We haven't seen it actually, and we, we probably won't because the Willow series on oh, right. Disney Plus. But yeah, it, it's just so well put together. Yeah. The whole film is well put together, but it is. That, that one character, I mean, she's not in it a massive amount, but that one character just yeah, really stands yeah. out as being exceptional. We've made it now, I'm wondering how long this walk has been. Let's see, shall we? Will it have been longer? Well, it will be yes. because we walk around the shops. Well, it's definitely longer because we walk to the shops. That's a really I? positive way of making going to the shops worthwhile. Yeah. Because by moving well, three miles. That's insanity. So we normally do two. Oh, Brian's seen us, thank goodness. That's literal insanity. So three miles. So three point oh four miles, which is brilliant because yesterday I walked a total of three point seven miles. Wow. I've been trying to up my mileage for a while now and last week I did I think three or four miles more over the week than I normally do and this week I'm definitely going to be doing more than I normally do. Cool. So that's really good to get three miles in today and 3.7 yesterday. I'm pleased with that. So folks that is our literary and, and visual heroes. Yes. So this is a companion piece to our villains. Villains next. And there could well be some villains who cross over yes. between the heroes and the villains. Oh yes. Right. I, I, I don't know what it says about someone, because I'm certainly not villainous in any way, no. but I'm more excited about the about villains, villains. Yeah. than I was about the heroes. Yeah, yeah. So folks, we'll see you in two weeks for more. See you soon. Bye. Bye. The Bakery Bears radio show is brought to you by Bakery Bear Productions and is made possible by our Bakery Bear patrons. Find out how you can join our Baker Bear community, access more of what we do, and keep the show on air by visiting www.bakerybears.com forward slash listen forward slash.